Hello, and welcome to the James Sheets Podcast. This podcast features the sermons and preaching messages of James Sheets, who pastored throughout West Virginia for many years. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave a five-star review and share a memory of James with us. Let's listen as Pastor James Sheets begins his message. Where is God? Go back to some of your old bulletins. You'll find that in the bulletin twice as a sermon that I had planned to preach on other occasions. So tonight, I'm going to do it. Where is God? I'm going to point out that David, who was the writer of this particular psalm, has divided it into, I believe, six different sections. And I'll give you the titles of those sections, and I would like for you to follow there in your Bible and note the things that he says, because I believe that we fall into the pattern of feeling like David does, and he goes through the complete cycle of feeling completely abandoned by God all the way to an absolute commitment to God. And I think we perhaps feel the same way. So I'll read and comment as we go, if you'll just follow along with me, I am reading King James, so most of you will have that. He says, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And the first thing that you immediately discover is that those are the identical words that Jesus said on the cross when he discovered that he was alone, completely separated from his Father. There was no one to assist him to come to his rescue, he could not get even the face of God to turn toward him, but God had so had completely and fully rejected him. And Jesus himself does not understand why he feels so absolutely alone and helpless. And if you've never felt that way, I would be surprised. In our lives, we come to points in time when we feel so absolutely helpless that there is not a person to whom we can turn and God seems to be so very, very far away as if he doesn't even exist to the point that sometimes we even question if he exists. And the thought runs through our mind, really is there a God or is this just some story that somebody made up and the church is, is advocating but it has no real substance to us. We go through this, this low state, this low esteem at times, and wondering if there is a God. And so the first two verses would have to be titled The Feeling of Abandonment. The Feeling of Abandonment. When he feels that God is nowhere, he cannot understand why God has forsaken him, in the second verse, he says, I cry in the daytime, but thou hearest not, and in the night, and am not silent. He continues to indicate that he cries unto God. He is not silent in his prayers, but he can't seem to get God to answer. But in spite of this feeling of abandonment, I want you to notice the faith that he demonstrates in the third verse. In spite of all of this abandonment, he says, But thou art holy. Even though he has asked, Is there a God? 
he comes back with an affirmative statement, yes, indeed, there is a holy God. We can come to that assurance that there will be no question in the depths of our heart that there is a God. And verse 4, he says, Our fathers trusted in thee, they trusted, and you delivered them. He knew that from history. Listen, I can go back in my thinking to both my grandfathers, and I never will forget, I am sure, the attitude that those two men expressed and instilled in me as a little child and as a teenager, and they both died when I was, was in my 20s. But I remember that they were men of faith. There was never a question in my mind where they stood. My forefathers believed in God and did not hesitate to say so. That was instilled in my father and my mother, and they instilled it in me. They trusted in God, and whatever is good enough for my grandfathers and my mother and father surely ought to be good enough for me. Can I turn my back upon the faith that my ancestry had? And I would have to say I cannot possibly do this. No Christian can turn his back upon the faith that his parents had fully and completely. He will have to return to it, and I believe that's what the scripture means when it says train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. We may stray. We may deny. We may reject like Danny did for many years, but the day comes, and, uh, and others of you, the day comes when the power of the Spirit is so strong that it will convict us of our sins and turn us to the power of God. It'll do that. So out of abandonment, he begins to, to take up an attitude that is positive and reflect back upon the faith of his fathers. He says in the fifth verse, and they cried and they were delivered, they trusted, and they were, uh, were not confounded. Confounded means disappointed. He saw the fact that in his parents and grandparents, they trusted, they believed, and they were not disappointed. Now, the second step in his uh, discussion, and as he goes through this in his mind, begins in verse 6, and we can call this the state of low esteem. Low esteem. Look what he says about himself. I am a worm. I don't know if you've ever been so low that you would consider yourself no better than a worm. But I have. Absolutely destroyed in my own self-image, never thinking that anything about me could possibly be of any good, absolutely torn to bits of no value, he says, a reproach of men, despised of people. Notice those statements. We can think in terms of Jesus himself, who came out of heaven, dressed in purity, in absolute cleanliness, in white robes, if you please, to discover that he hung upon a cross, there stripped of his clothing, 
hanging naked for all men to see, but worst of all, was despised and rejected by every person in the world. Absolutely destitute. He was brought to low esteem of no value in order that you and that I might have value in the eyes of God. He became nothing to make us something. Can you see that in that verse? I'm a worm, and I am no man, a reproach of men. Verse 7, all that see me laugh to laugh me to scorn. They shoot out the lip. They talk about me. They shake their head, saying, verse 8, he trusted on the Lord that he would deliver him. All right, if he did that, then let him deliver him. Let the Lord deliver him, seeing that he delights in him. That will be thrown in the face of Christian people. You trust in the Lord. Let's see the Lord do something for you. If he's so great, they scoff and scorn us. But listen, those who believe and will not falter will be delivered. We will be delivered. Verse 9. Thou art he that took me out of the womb, and didst make me hope when I was upon my mother's breast. This man, David, is saying, My mother taught me from my childhood the faith, the hope that I have. I've had faith from childhood. He's beginning to come out of his low esteem now. He's, he's sunk to the depths of despair, and now he's beginning to reflect upon the hope, the faith that he has, and saying, but I cannot feel this way because my faith was taught to me. My hope for the future was instilled in me even from my mother's breast. And verse 10, and I was cast upon thee from the womb. That is important. We as parents must cast our children upon God from the very womb. I am absolutely convinced that a child should be in church from the day of his birth nearly. As soon as mother is able to carry that child to church, he needs to be here. He won't understand a word the preacher's preaching. He won't understand the choir. But I am convinced that there is the beginning of the instilling of the word of God in a person. I'm convinced of that. And I can relate with David. I was there first week of my life, and never ceased to be there. It was instilled within me. I write the third description he gives is the description of oppression, the description of oppression, that it begins with verse 11. He talks, be not far from me, for trouble is near, for there is none to help. If any of you uh, have not had that experience, you will someday when you face absolute uh, despair and difficulty. You don't know where to turn next. But you see, he's coming out of it. He's saying that help is near. There's none to help that I know of, he's saying, but he prays to God to be close. Verse 12, many bulls have compassed me. Strong bulls of Basham have set me around. This is a description of the powers of the world surrounding him. If you've ever been in a field of cattle, when they all decided that you were the object of their frustration, you could understand that. And I have been particularly in, in a group of, of bulls to be in a pen with them. You don't 
want to be there unless you've got a, a way of escape. He sees these animals, the, the viciousness of the world that has surrounded him. Look how he describes his, his position. Verse 13, they gaped upon me, that is, they opened their mouth as if to swallow me as ravaging and a roaring lion. Verse 14, he says, I'm poured out like water, drained. Have you ever been absolutely drained of every ounce of energy within you? Every fiber is gone. You can't fight anymore. He said, I've been poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint, as if there is no way that you can function. My heart is like wax. It melted. No strength, whatever. Verse 15, my strength is dried up like a potsherd. A potsherd is simply a piece of pottery, a, a little piece of it, of a broken pot. And they find those in, in archaeological diggings. They call them potsherds, little pieces of the pottery that have been there. He is not a whole vessel. He has been broken to bits. He's just like a little piece of the pot, a potsherd. My tongue cleaves to my jaw. The thirst that Jesus expressed on the cross of Calvary is identified here. Thou hast brought me unto the dust of death. Verse 16. For dogs have compassed me. The assembly of the wicked have enclosed me, and they pierced my hands and my feet. Notice the reference that Jesus again, or they pierced his hands and his feet. And the dogs of the world had encompassed him. The dogs of the world have encompassed us. Verse 17, I may tell all my bones. That simply should be read, I can count all my bones. That's how thin and distraught he was. And the people, they look and they stare at me. That's the way they did Jesus on the cross of Calvary. They part my garments, another reference to what they did with Jesus. They part my garments among them and they cast lots for my vesture. In those 11 through 18, he has given a description of the oppression that he has undergone. And we can relate to many of those things. Then he cries, in verse beginning in verse 19, 20, and 21, he cries for deliverance. Look, look at his cry. Be not thou far from me, O Lord, O my strength, hasten thee to help me. Deliver my soul from the sword. My darling, that means my life, from the power of the dog. Save me from the lion's mouth, for thou hast heard me from the horn of the unicorn. And the word unicorn here means wild oxen or wild cattle. Save me, he cries. Thou hast heard me, he says. There is no doubt in David's mind that God is hearing his cry. He cries for deliverance. I am convinced, and I'm sure you are as well, that every Christian person can cry to God, can pray to God, and God will hear. How many times have you prayed to God from the depths of your heart for deliverance? And at the end of your prayer, it seems as if the burden has just floated away. And you stand free, almost like a bird that has been let out of its cage. There is a calmness over your soul. Why is that true? 
Because we prayed, God heard, and God answered. That's why. God does answer prayer. God does answer prayer when we pray for deliverance. Then notice the commitment. Verse 22. I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the congregation will I praise thee. Christian people need to show their colors. We have this evening, in the testimonies that some of you gave, and the hymn that Don Odessa sang, and what Danny did, and, and the choir, and the prayers that have been offered, we have done that very thing. We have declared the name of the Lord. We have come to praise his name. We haven't come to get glory for ourselves. Anyone who preaches or sings or prays or testifies in order that somebody might think he or she is great has utterly failed in their efforts. Because God must get the glory out of all we do or there is no benefit even to the person who has done it. That's the purpose, the commitment that we have in the service of the Lord is that his name will be praised. Verse 23, ye that fear the Lord, praise him. Do you fear the Lord? Then praise him. All the seed of Jacob, glorify him, fear him. Verse 24, for he that is God, for God has not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted. If you think you are afflicted, you can be absolutely sure of one thing. God does not despise you because of the position you're in. In direct opposition, God loves you in the midst of your oppression. God loves the sinner in the midst of his sin. God loves the weak in the midst of their weakness. God loves the ugly. God loves his people in spite of what position they might find themselves in. And they're continuing, he says, neither has he hid his face from him. David started out by feeling that God had hidden his face from him. And now he's gone through the process, and he's coming back now and saying, but God did not hide his face from me. I just thought he had. Just thought he had. Verse 25, more commitment. My praise shall be of thee in the great congregation. Where? My praise shall be of thee amongst God's children. My praise shall be to thee in the church. I will pay my vows before them that fear him. I will pay my vows before the church. Can you see that? For those are the ones that fear the Lord. We need to gather together as God's children to praise his name and to let it be known by this congregation that we are devoted to God and that we believe in Jesus Christ, his son. Verse 26, the very last phrase of it, your heart shall live forever. Finally, look at the results of this prayer of David. He says, all the ends of the world shall remember and turn unto the Lord. The day is going to come when every knee shall bow and 
every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. We need to tell the last of this world, you're going to confess Jesus now, or you're going to confess him in the future, but you will confess him. You will confess him. The last will confess him now and receive eternal life. The last will confess him in the future, but receive eternal damnation. But nevertheless, they will confess him. Why? Verse 28, for the kingdom is the Lord's, and he is the governor among all nations. There is nobody that can escape the power of God. He owns this world. There was a hymn that we sing, this is my father's world. And it is indeed. He owns this world, and he will be the governor of it. The people who think that they can flaunt him now will have the rude awakening, the day of judgment, when on their knees before this great governor, Jesus Christ, the king of this world, they will confess him as Lord. Verse 29, And all they that be, be fat upon the earth shall eat and worship. All they that go down to the dust shall bow before him. None can keep alive his own soul. Those who are lost will go down to death, and there they will bow before him, and there is not one of them that can save his soul. Not one. It is done now. The scripture says today is the day of salvation. Verse 30, a seed shall serve him. A seed means our children. Our children shall serve him. We need to be sure that our children have instilled within them the love of God in order that they will serve. It shall be accounted to the Lord for a generation. They, that is, our children, shall come and shall declare his righteousness unto a people that shall be born, yet he, that he hath done this. There are generations yet to come who will believe in Jesus Christ because of your faith in mine. Your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren will have the love of God instilled within them because it has started with you and me. Can we see where God is? God is in our midst. Even though we think that he has forsaken us, he has not. Even though we feel ourselves in a state of low esteem, he will lift us up out of that misery and set our feet on solid ground. Even though we can describe our oppression and talk about how terrible things are for us and how miserable we are in the life that we live, we can come out of that misery and cry for deliverance. Pray unto God that he will take us out of this oppression. He will do it when we have a commitment, when we commit ourselves to him to praise his name. That's one of the reasons that we don't get taken out of the distress we're in, is that we haven't come to the point yet that we're really ready and willing to declare him the Lord of our life. And what's the outcome? The outcome of all this is that our children and our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren will have a faith instilled within them, but the process will be repeated over and over to Jesus comes. Where is your God? You 
you are a Christian, we invite you to become one. To begin the process of deliverance. If you are a Christian, but you have not been living as you ought, and you feel a desire to rededicate your life as we begin for revival, this is important. But our lives are dedicated to the Lord. We invite you to come forward and just in a moment of rededication of your life, just for coming forward. Think of no one not to us, but to your own heart and to God above. When you step out of the congregation and say, I am the Lord of me. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you like what you hear, hit the subscribe button. You'll receive automatic notifications and downloads when a new message is added to the podcast. Also, please leave a five-star review and take the opportunity to share stories, memories, and appreciation for James Sheets and how God used him to impact your life. If you'd like to know why and how this podcast got started, check out our first episode. Lastly, if you want to donate to help offset the cost of operating this podcast, you'll find a link to our PayPal account in the podcast description and email us at James sheets.podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and remember to trust in God for today and for all of your tomorrows.